And welcome to Oh, a podcast, the podcast about playing games and making games. Brought to you by O-Rock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of O-Rock. And I'm Michael Gray, the head uh, mermaid wrangler for O-Rock. You absolutely are that. I'm going to start using that in all of our credits now. That's a good one. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. People need to know the danger <laughs> about unruly mermaids. Look, it's a job that someone has to do. It's it's little known. Every game development production has to have one. Uh, it, it's better than being. It's better than hurting the cats for cat president because that was awful. <laughs> it was really tough to get them to talk too. That was kind of the hardest part. Yeah, it, it it was crazy. I thought we could put peanut butter on their lips or or just like CGI their mouths moving, but no, no. No, all, I demanded real. I demanded realism. Also, we don't have the budget for CGI cats. Just talking cats. <laughs> How are you doing, Michael? I'm fine. I <laughs> it's guess. gotten very off rails. <laughs> it's okay. We've we've got a bunch of weird off the rails stuff. So th- this past <laughs> month was kind of really terrible for me. Like my, oh. my phone broke and and the dryer broke. Oh. And. Uh, Gosh, I, I was just strapped for time. Oh, yeah, 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 because it, it was the hockey playoffs, so I, I was trying to watch the hockey playoffs, so um, sports just takes way too much time, like watching watching a, a three-hour game every other day, it's like, whoa, that's so much, that's like six hours, I don't know, it's like nine hours of work you could have gotten done instead. Oh, well, clearly you should be working while watching the sports. That is a good idea. Great. I mean, I guess it depends on the kind of work. Like, I can't write with distractions, but, like, all of my cat photoshopping work, for example, I do that while watching stuff or listening to podcasts. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so the the team lost. So uh, San Jose Sharks (laughs) did not make it to the final round of the playoffs. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. They were, I think the word is scrappy, or... Playoffs is sort of like... Um, was it scrappy or was it something that rhymes with scrappy? No, 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 no. It's not something that rhymes with scrappy. It's, the playoffs are like a uh, uh, rock paper scissors, where it's the best out of seven, and um, so if your team's really good, you just win in four games. The other team wins nothing, and you, you just you just win quickly. So the Sharks made it to like game seven every single round. So they they kept. Almost being eliminated, but then not not getting eliminated. I think that's the definition of scrappy. Yeah, they were putting up a good fight. Yeah, but, you know, I managed to catch their second to last game. It was very sad. Like, a third of the team wasn't there. They had so many injuries. The one guy, like, he, he like, <laughs> he took out a member of his own team by accident. Oh. He was trying to clear the puck, and it just bashed into the side of the face of his teammate. Oh, no. His teammate had to leave the ice and did not come back for the rest of the game. He had to have emergency, like, dental work. Yeah, surgery to remove the puck out of the side of his head. I yeah. guess. <laughs> it's it's also weird with sports to see, like, the, the statistics. 
Like the Sharks have never won. They've never won the playoffs, and I think we were up against a team that has also never won the playoffs. But they've been in the league since like the '60s. How long has your team been in the league? Uh, 1991. So I feel like they need to have like a year where it's like all the teams that have won the playoffs just need to take that year off. <laughs> it's like you guys are winners come on let's let somebody else win for once <laughs> well can't they just have a second playoffs for all the all the teams that are trying hard but but they just can't quite make it i'm not sure that's allowed uh, participation playoffs <laughs> yeah um the other big thing that was strapping my time was yeah. that i was working on um a translation project so that that's finally done, but that took forever. And so I worked on that every single day of the month, and it took forever. Yeah. Well, congrats on finishing it. Yay. <laughs> now, it's, well, now we go into... Uh, oh, what's that terrible word? What's the terrible word for, like, editing? Revision? <laughs> revisions. Yay. Yay. We love revisions. No, you Are you gonna, you're going to start looking over the Cat President stuff? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Or continue looking it over, I guess, because we've been going back and forth for a little while. That's that's going to start yeah. next week. So. Awesome. Well, good. I'm I'm almost finished uh, the bonus pathway, too. I'm hoping to have that to you probably also next week. That's great. Yeah. So what what have you been doing this, this past month? Has it been going uh, better than mine? <laughs> Well, <laughs> clearly you weren't watching the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I actually, this is fun. I joined a running club this month. I've been running off and on for like the past like eight years or so, and I've absolutely never gotten any better at it, like at all. Um, so getting so, better means, does that mean running faster or running farther in this case? I can... I can run far pretty good. Well, <laughs> run. I can I can complete long distances. I don't it's usually more of a walk run though. Like I've done several half marathons and one full and like I can I can do the distance if I if I allow myself walking breaks. So my my goals are to limit the walking breaks and do more running on these longer runs and on the shorter runs like 5k's uh do those faster. Uh, and normally like my training is like, I, I run on my treadmill in my basement. Sometimes I run outside and there's basically like, there's not really much incentive for me to try to go faster other than the fact that I would like to go faster. Uh, but joining a running group, I've learned that trying to keep up with everybody is a very good <laughs> incentive. Not embarrassing myself is a very good incentive. That sounds great. That's sort of how writing sometimes works. I think yes. that's why they have writing meetups for um, yes. NaNoWriMo every year. <laughs> I keep thinking, it's like, oh, I'll go, it'll be fun, I'll make all these, these new friends, and then it just turns into everybody's so much better than I am. <laughs> I, I, I need to write. <laughs> that's absolutely the case here. I am I am definitely... Actually, there was one week where I was only the second slowest person, but every other week I'm the slowest. Oh, um, you beat Grandpa that... Joe. <laughs> <laughs> only the one time I was able to beat him. Actually, you should see me in ra like I do. I do like five k fun runs like whenever I can, and there's always like grandpas beating me. There's there's dads pushing strollers. People walking their dogs beat me. Like it's it's bad. It's real bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, are these like strollers or are they running strollers? Oh, they're they're specifically running strollers. Okay, yeah. that doesn't count. Those people, those weirdos <laughs> with running strollers actually enjoy running. Oh, with strollers. I think they just have kids 
just so they could use the running stroller. <laughs> um, so the reason I brought this up, actually, um, so you know there's like a lot of, it's like a genre of Japanese dating sims that are set around like dating cute high schoolers and high school clubs, right? I, I think so, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think I've played any of them, but that sounds like... That sounds like also an American thing, too. So many TV shows take place in, in, in high school. Yeah, well, the, it's the club, though, that I'm specifically talking about. Like, I feel like any time I play a, a Japanese-originated visual novel, like, they're always, like, completely based around these different high school clubs. Like, they're, the clubs must be so much more important in Japan than they ever were in the U.S. I don't remember that being a major part of my experience yeah, I don't uh, remember, like, people regularly showing up to club meetings in high school. I mentioned this because I thought it would be really funny to maybe, uh, to make a game that's, instead of being about a bunch of cute high schoolers, being about a bunch of out-of-shape 30-somethings <laughs> joining a club. <laughs> Are you writing that down right now? Yep. Yeah, that's type <laughs> typing. Out-of-shape people joining yes. a running club. <laughs> Uh, and I, I, I had a good name for it, too, that I, I unfortunately can't use. Uh, do you know the game um, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club? I've heard of it. So I think I have it confused with the Super Mario Brothers one. Yes, Doki Doki Panic. Okay, so is there actual literature in Doki Doki Literature Club? There is. It's... There, there. I don't think there's any way for me to describe this game without going on another tangent. So there's uh, like no Shakespeare there's a club. references. No, no. Okay. It's it, it. But there is a club, and you know everyone's writing poetry and sharing it with each other. So that's, oh, that's why it's the it's literature those club. High schoolers writing terrible yeah. poetry. So I remember that I was in that club. <laughs> I, 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 I hope none of my poetry survives. Oh, I hope it does. But yeah, so um, I, I was looking it up, and the word doki doki uh, in Japanese uh, is supposed to represent the sound of a heartbeat. That's that's what the word means. Mm-hmm. So what I would, so what I really, really want to call my game is doki 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 running club to like as it's like like a, a heart beating <laughs> fast because you're you know exercising. Um, but I'm pretty sure everyone would just think that's me ripping off Doki Doki Literature Club, which it it would be, but it would also have a reason behind it. It's a reference. Anyway. Yeah, okay. I can throw that on the list. Um, I know, I think we had um, the craft store romance. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Where um, basically it was just the list of various characters. So... Um, um, Anna Brunarski came up with the stereotypes. That's what my uh, notes say. So, so, so she recommended you you want to have a mom with noisy kids, um, an art student who's looking for supplies on the cheap. <laughs> I'm sure they don't find cheap supplies there. Uh, older women who want flake fake flowers or wreaths, and then um, crafty people who wander the store for a long time trying to decide what to do. Uh, People who are there for one thing, probably markers, yarn hoarders, uh, people <laughs> only here really for good. the seasonal stuff, probably <laughs> teachers, question mark. Uh, the one final idea, I, I've got, now I've got this a separate sub thing that says possible idea. Somebody's getting materials for a cosplay slash LARP thing, but then 
they get blackmailed into LARPing in a scantily clad costume. Our hero LARPs as the villain of the video game and defeats the blackmailer who is cosplaying as the hero in order to save the scantily clad person. This is much better thought out than my running game. (laughs) So would this be taking place over the course of, like, a day? Because it has all these shoppers that are just at the store for one, one specific instance. I have absolutely or, no idea. That's I'm yeah. just saying that's all I've got is I've got a document for craft store romance. <laughs> Do yeah. we have any ideas for running romance or is that just... Uh, I definitely... Okay, let me see. Uh, I, I did start taking notes for myself. Uh, yeah, I was thinking like you'd be someone uh, who's just joining the club for the very first time. Uh, I think everyone else already knows each other in the group. You're sort of the newbie. Um, and you'd have characters like, you know the elite runner who's clearly way better than everyone else and very, very excited to be there. Um, I think you would probably be playing as the, the slowest out of shape person, at least just based on my experience. <laughs> uh, there might be a character that's like the person who introduced you to the club or, or got you to join it, who would be sort of like the best friend character in a, in a different sort of uh, dating sim. Yeah. Um, maybe someone who's like a, a tra- high school track coach. Ooh, that sounds yeah. really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah actually one of the people in my run like, actually almost all of the people in my running club are are teachers like they're all like high school teachers or college professors really? it's, it's weird because it's it's tough for me to come up with like things to in common to talk with about that uh, talk about with them except for oh my god i'm so tired why are there so many hills why am i doing this <laughs> At you can't least talk the about nice. what your students are doing <laughs> exactly yeah you're like well i make that's cool you 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 make a real difference in the community i make games about uh talking cats i spend a lot of my time photoshopping pictures of them um <laughs> anyway i just think it'd be a funny concept the uh the adult the the, the grown-up club as opposed to the traditional high school club romance that you see so many games about I'll keep going to the to uh, the meets and and see if I can get some more inspiration. Yep. So I've got it thrown down here in the the games yeah. for for later thing. Wasn't there? There's too many Santas too. <laughs> Wait, was too many Santas the same or different from the the Chris, the, the Christmas carols game? Um. No, this was the one Were with you? like sexy Santa and secret Santa <laughs> and sassy Santa. <laughs> What about the one where you date the embodiment of Christmas songs? <laughs> Darn it, that was my favorite. <laughs> what happened to that? I had that file. Where did it go? <laughs> hmm. In any case, um yeah. So that's that's been my big excitement this month was was joining the running club. So here's some uh excitement. I'm actually Yes. Uh, video games, back to video games with uh, video games. with Mermaid Mission Titanic. So, um, yeah, this is a game I made myself and I put on Steam. So it turns out that Steam Steam has like two limitations, which I I didn't really know about. So they take thirty percent of uh, all you all you make, and then um, also they don't pay you unless you've made over a hundred dollars. Yes, and that is after they take their thirty percent cut. So, because of course it is. Because really, how, how what what does that math add up to? One hundred divided by point seven. So you really have to make one hundred and forty-two dollars, I guess, in order to, uh, you in know, in order get to make a hundred dollars and get a payout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I I didn't know that. That's very sad. <laughs> so um, 
So with Mermaid Mission Titanic, it uh, you know I made the I reached the hundred dollar limit on the first month when the game came out came out in June, and then never never since then ever since then it's just been you know the money has been piling up and I haven't been able to touch any of it because it's a hundred it hasn't been over a hundred dollars or one forty two. Yeah. So the good news is that I think I finally I f- I finally made it right. So I finally, I finally made another hundred dollars. Yay! Congratulations! I get paid for the second time. So <laughs> at this, it's like a five dollar game. So to make a hundred dollars, you have to sell what forty twenty copies. Well, how many? How much to sell a make a hundred and forty dollars? Oh gosh, I don't know. One forty divided yeah. by five is twenty eight copies. Anyway, the point is, it is not a very good selling game so i'm actually i'm i was actually gonna go here right now everyone live on the podcast and change the price of the game i'm gonna make it a free game i think that's i think i mentioned this on previous things it's like yeah i I think yeah i think you'd been thinking about it before it it, it's or i could try to hope to sell another 60 copies (laughs) Well, I was I was going to ask, have you been participating in any of the the Steam seasonal sales or any of the big Steam sales at all? Never, haven't heard of that. I oh. never log on to Steam. So. <laughs> they should be. They should send you an email when when one's coming up. They don't. Um, that, I, I probably really? disabled that. Um, I guess oh. it's like don't. Well, that's, email so that's me. that's when we make a lot of our sales. Uh, I'm not going to give the number, but I think you probably remember a few months ago we suddenly got like a huge payment from Steam. Um, that was because it was the winter sale, I guess, hmm. it, the winter or spring sale. And I, you know, I discounted everything between like 20 to 50% and we made a ton of money that way. Um, that's, it's, that's sort of when like pe- uh, users on Steam tend to buy their games way more during these sales uh, than any other time. They wait for everything to go on sale before buying it. That's sort of the culture there. Yeah. So I, I, um, I put the game on sale for Mermaid. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> because it's May this month, and so I I think that's what put it over the edge. Yeah, just putting the game yeah. on sale. I forget how much. Like I said, it's a five dollar game. Yeah. Well, I would recommend if you have like a large number of people who have wish listed your game, I would recommend trying to participate in maybe the summer sale that's coming up, uh, and you might be able to get some of those people that way. Let's take a look. Okay, I'm logging onto the Steamworks yeah, well. product data site now, and it's frozen. Oh, <laughs> wait. So it's wish list at like 297. Yeah, so those are all people who either didn't want to commit to buying your game right away or um, are waiting for it to go on sale. Hmm. I guess the sale I did earlier this month wasn't enticing enough. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so I, I don't usually do just like one-off sales. Like I, I basically just participate whenever Steam emails me and says there's a sale coming up. I, I join in on that and we usually get a, a bump for all of our games then. Anyway, let's just go ahead. Let's see. I'm going to go ahead and just change it. It'll be a lot easier for my financials yeah, anyway. Sure. So log on to Steamworks. Let's see if I can figure out how this actually works. Okay, select my game. So when I go to view or adjust pricing, my proposed price would be... Ooh, I don't see zero anywhere on my proposed price. Really? I'm, I'm logging in now. 
You can't make a I game mean, go- free anymore? There, there has to be a way to make it free. Good thing I figured this out on the podcast live. <laughs> oh man, this is good radio. This is the best uh, radio, yeah. Oh, okay, here we go. Changing an app from paid to free. We're free to paid. If you have released product that you wish to change from paid to free, this will need to be done by Valve. Oh. So we will not be able to finish this live on the podcast. That's sad. It involves yeah. sending a form into uh, Steam. You want to... You want to hear something sad while we're talking about Steam payouts? Yeah, let's hear sad news. Um, yeah, we didn't we didn't get a Steam payout this month either. Oh, Iraq didn't. Oh no! We, we, this is either like the first or second time this has happened in the you know however many years we've been doing this. We did not hit the hundred dollars threshold. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. Um, yeah, like I said, the summer sales coming up soon, uh, so that will almost certainly boost our sales again. Okay, so that's that's going to be the big news with Mermaid Mission Titanic, so it, it's going to be yeah, free it's, now. it's going to be free, yeah. It was an interesting experiment, and I'm not, I'm not sad that I, I tried it out, trying yeah. something that was cool. Well, you got a couple hundred bucks from it, at least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of interesting experiments, I, I signed up to, to show off some of our games at a new convention in a couple of months. Uh, I decided not to do Retro Game Con this year. Uh, mostly because it's kind of expensive, and also it's a two-day-long event. Instead, I signed up for, uh, I think it's called Conklin Con, C-O-N-K-L-I-N, Conklin Con in Conklin, New York. It's a it's a one-day uh, tiny event, basically at the tail end of the of the town's uh, annual like carnival festival, uh, and they're they're putting on a little little convention for uh, nerdy nerdy pursuits. I think I'm actually going to be the only game developer there, according to their website. <laughs> but uh, I think that'll be fun. That's that's going to be in July July 13th, if anyone wants to come say hi. Um, I'll be showing off, I think, some combination of Awkward Steve, Beard in the Mirror, Pizza Boy. One or two of those games, I think. Sounds good. I'm um, sorry, I got distracted. Yeah. Oh. Um, news that the, there are four new Harry Potter books coming out next month. Okay, nope, stop the podcast, what? Okay, take down the hype, um, this is, just, just immediately throw the hype out the window. Oh no, I'm extremely hyped! J.K. Rowling not involved in the slightest. Nope, don't care anymore. Pottermore Publishing will launch four new ebooks on June 27th, offering fans no. to delve deeper into the history of magic, so one's about charms, one's about defense against the dark arts, um, I guess I have one for each class. I think they've already done one of these before. Like, Mary, you know, my stepdaughter's got one of these books, which is basically, clearly had nothing to do with um, uh, J.K. Rowling, but it's, like, about wand lore. And it's got a bunch of pictures from the movies in it. But, so she's not writing them? Nope. Nope. Uh, so this is a, this is another one of those, like, things, like... Uh, whatever, the Cursed Child, where it's like she signs off on it, but she didn't really do much with it. I think she did something with the Cursed Child. I think it's more like this, um, the the Harry Potter wand book. Yeah, okay. Are all these other books that are just movie tie-ins. Yeah, no, I don't think I want this. I'm sure it'll make somebody happy. So, yeah, speaking of Harry Potter, I- I'm just reading yes. The Cursed Child. It's actually not bad? <laughs> mm. Uh-oh. 
We're going to have to disagree. That's an interesting take that you have. (laughs) Let me put this take... um, It's very much a theater script, and if they tried to make a movie out of it, it would not. It would be a terrible, terrible movie. (laughs) Um, So my... My opinion of the book was that it, it read as and 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 just putting aside the fact that it was in a, a a play script format that didn't really bother me too much but like the plot and the characters it just kind of read like fan fiction to me. How far are you into it? Oh, I finished the I've read the entire thing. Um, you know, the first time okay. I read it, I really kind of hated it. I had the exact same thing. It's like terrible yeah. fanfic. It's it's characters I don't really like slash care about. Yeah. Harry's sort of out of character. Um, oh, yeah, the part where he says he hates his child? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was kind of weird. <laughs> Harry acts weird. Ron and Hermione are, uh, I mean, they're, they, that was like the only thing which felt like authentic. Those characters seem to be acting the way they did in, in the main I guess we series. should say, uh, spoiler alert uh, for anyone who hasn't read Cursed Child yet. Little, I, I jumped the gun a little bit. But spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. A good portion of yeah. the book takes place in alternate universes where nobody... Yeah. Did acts like themselves anyway so like yeah yeah i was i really 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 didn't like the one where cedric diggory turned to the dark side because he was like embarrassed at the whatever at the triwizard tournament i thought i thought that was first of all nonsense and second of all retroactively kind of ruins his character because if that's all it takes for him to turn to the dark side i guess he's not so good of a character after all not that great of a guy um and also also, it contradicts the established canon that there wasn't a wizard who went dark that wasn't from Slytherin, which I believe is what Hagrid says. Yeah, but that doesn't Just that saying. doesn't contradict the established canon because um, uh, Peter Pettigrew. Okay, yeah, that's a fair point. Didn't think of that. All right, so I guess Hagrid just didn't know what he was talking about. Hagrid just hates Slytherins. So I don't know. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> there are also some gratuitous scenes of. Um, like flashback scenes, like we we get to see when Hagrid first shows up and, and tells Harry he's a wizard, and, and you know we see child Harry with the Dursleys, which are really cool, but they don't further the story. If that makes sense, mm. I also don't understand why the uh, whatever the the witch pushing the the trolley on the train was a robot. She's it immortal. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, an immortal. Okay, still weird. She she uh, apparently has been there for the past 190 years. <laughs> still weird. <laughs> and finally, the time travel thing is nonsense. Unless we're to assume, I guess, that these are different time turners than all of the other ones we've seen in the story thus far, or I guess the one we've seen in the story thus far. But the time travel magic operates on completely different rules in this than it does in the actual books. I think the book tried to explain that, in fact, these are like illegal um, time turners being made um, in some sort of shady fashion. Lucius Malfoy had a special time turner commission for himself. Okay. Because he wanted to have a cool time turner. He didn't want to use it. He just wanted to <laughs> because have they it. Finished, because the writers finished the outline and then they realized after the fact that, wait, that's not how time travel works. Now we have to make it make sense. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> this is not until, like, you know, three-fourths of the way through that, that they actually <laughs> do that. So I don't like the idea of Cedric Diggory turning evil either. But I can understand why they wanted to show off the dark, evil universe where Voldemort won and took over. Because that's what they did in Back to the Future, too. So we've got to do it here. 
No, that's fine. I actually, I actually like the idea of of alternate universes. I just, I also like the idea of stories that make sense. Is the thing, <laughs> yeah. and I and I feel like they weren't really they weren't really doing the work to show you know how and why this stupid thing made Cedric Diggory turn completely to the dark side. It didn't. That did not ring true at all to to you know, the the character from the original series from the real series. Yeah, I feel like um, it doesn't help that we have two different alternate universes. So Act 2 is basically alternate universe number one, and then Act mm-hmm. 3 is evil alternate universe. So the one time he, he, he um, they screw up, and basically Harry's just this evil overprotective dad in that bad universe. But then they switch to the full-out bad universe where, you know, mm-hmm. Harry's dead and such. <laughs> yeah, but I was saying, it, it made me less invested in the storyline. Even, even rereading it, it's like, yeah, it's kind of cool to see what the characters are like in this alternate universe, but it's not ultimately going to affect the story to see Ron and Hermione try to work on their relationship in this universe when you know this universe is going to disappear in 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, that's a cursed child. I don't think we talked about mm. Harry Potter world. I-, I went to Harry Potter yeah. world, right? And, uh we wanted. We were going to talk about it last month, and just totally forgot. Yeah, so I went there in Harry Potter World in Hollywood. It was okay. I guess. Oh come on! Oh, you're killing me so this month, have Michael. Have you been to the one in? Uh, you went to the one in Orlando, right? I did. Yes. Yes. So, what is the ratio of like rides to shops at the one in Orlando? Is it any better? Because <laughs> um, okay, that's a fair point. <laughs> There's like two rides, and one is a one is a roller coaster, which is obviously not Harry Potter. They just put a little hippogriff <laughs> next to it and called it the hippogriff uh, coaster. And then the other one is um, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, which is actually kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, the video you, you fly around in the machines chasing after Harry. Yeah, um, at at uh, in Orlando, so. Universal is kind of weird. Like Universal Studios is basically two separate theme parks in one, and half of Harry Potter World is in one theme park and half is in the other. Um, so each one is kind of anchored by one of these big rides. Like one of them has the one you just described, and the other has I think it's like Escape from Gringotts or something like that. Like you're breaking into Gringotts and there's dragons and all that stuff. Um, they're both very similar rides, and they're both very 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 good. Um, that actually is kind of it for the rides. We they also have a roller coaster. I think there it was like the dueling dragons or something like that. Um, which they're I think right now redoing it to be like a roller coaster with Hagrid going through the Forbidden Forest, and it's supposed to tie into all the. You're supposed to see all the different magical creatures all over the place. So I think that one's going to be themed much more, much better than than the one in uh, California. It sounds like, but yeah, it is definitely like. A handful of rides and then a lot of stores and restaurants and stuff like that. Oh, uh, I will, yeah. I will give you that. Yeah, there's only the one restaurant though. Everything else is stores. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's part of what people like about it is going to visit um, Diagon Alley and and go to like what the Three Broomsticks and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we go to Hogsmeade. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's also you can ride the Hogwarts Express too. That's kind of fun. That's fun too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I, you know, I went there with Mary, my stepdaughter, and really the only thing we liked there was the uh, the, the Forbidden Journey. Oh. She really liked that ride. She didn't like the roller coaster, and then, as you said, everything else is just stores. Yeah. 
So um, we, we went on the Forbidden Journey just over 20 times. It was crazy. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a really good day, though. <laughs> yep, single, just single rider. It was a, funny because yeah. a couple times the ride stopped partway through. <laughs> like a kid oh. dropped their teddy bear or something, so they stopped the entire ride to get it. It's really nice. So you must, then the line must not have been that bad then, right? Um, yeah, we kind of went on an off day, so that was good. Yeah. But uh, the single rider line was, that was what did it. Yeah. The line is, I don't know how to describe it. You like mm-hmm. go through the castle and everything yeah. and various portions of the castle. And some of it's really cool and some of it's just like, this is really poorly lit. <laughs> um <laughs> My favorite part is the the scene of Dumbledore. They've got like you 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 know the line takes you through Dumbledore's office. And <laughs> the guy playing Dumbledore mispronounces his character's <laughs> no, name. No, no, what is he Albus say? Dumbledore. No, what? He calls himself Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, oh, I'm gonna have to pay attention for that next time I go to to Orlando to see if that happens there too. It just oh. made me cringe. But, oh, that's upsetting. Uh, mm. it, it's a lot of cool stuff, but I mean, um, the, the going through the castle, it, it's only interesting the first time to look at props, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, half of it is just props, and then the other half was just, like, the same minute of video footage looping. Yeah. It's it's cool that, that your line wasn't that bad, though. That's That's sort of what we ran into in Orlando, was... Like, we got there right when the park opened that day, and it was legit, like, close to an hour-long wait, I think, to get on the ride. Like, it was it was no joke. Oh, so what I did was I actually, I pulled everybody on Twitter to ask, um, when is your spring break? Because uh, our spring break was is weird. It's, like, over a weekend, so we could have picked, like, either week. Yeah, so we went on the uh, week that fewer people said was their spring break. Because we kind of had that option. And so um, I believe Monday the park was packed. Um, and on Tuesday it was pretty much empty. Um, the Simpsons ride was an hour long though. Mm. An hour wait. Right. And that place is just one ride, ten, <laughs> ten stores. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't. I, I skipped the, the Simpsons ride last time because it replaced the uh, Back to the Future ride that used to be there. And I was very bitter about that. <laughs> Oh, I've never been on the uh, Back to the Future ride. Oh, it was cool. You ride in the DeLorean. You chase the you chase Biff around through. I think you go into prehistoric times. You go past the volcano. It's all. It was. It was good. Okay, that explains it. Yeah. So when you're in line waiting for that ride, they show a bunch of clips from like old episodes, and then a couple of clips from the uh, animation, which was clearly made just for this ride. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the one of the scenes is about them <laughs> kicking out Back to the Future. Oh, 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 my heart! <laughs> this the scientist is like, oh no, what, what the heck happened to the Back to the Future ride? I've got to go back in time and save this. And he, he goes That's back in time hilarious. and accidentally runs over the person who is funding Back to the Future. <laughs> and Doc oh. Brown's like, you idiot! What are you doing? I'll have to sell my my place. Oh, I kind of like that. I I love when 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 theme parks like do stuff with continuity like that. Um, Disney World did something similar with the Winnie the Pooh ride they have. Uh, it replaced Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and I think uh, somewhere on the ride or in the in the line, there's you can see art of uh, 
of Mr. Toad, like, signing the deed over to Winnie the Pooh or something like that to, to signify the change. <laughs> I, I, I do I do enjoy stuff like that. Yeah. Except Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is also a way better ride. They have the, the same Pooh. thing in Disneyland. Um, with Winnie the Pooh, it, it replaced the country bearers. So um, <laughs> they've got the country bearer it, it, hidden in the ride. It's in one of the blind spots. You have to know it's there to, and turn oh, around and funny. look to find it. But <laughs> Oh, why couldn't have we lost? Why did? Why do we still have Country Bear Jamboree? Why do we? Why do we have to lose Mr. Toad instead of that? I don't know. It sounds like they're building You're... a second Disney World next to the other one. Oh yeah, <laughs> talked about on Twitter. Oh, do not get me started on the changes to Epcot. We'll be here for all all day. Okay. Yeah. There there is no Epcot or anything. I mean, I've only been right. to Disneyland, which is just the Magic Kingdom, apparently. Yeah. Well, you have, um, Disneyland has the Magic Kingdom and then, what is it, uh, California Adventure, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I still need to get my mind off the idea that it's just a terrible discount Disneyland. <laughs> but when it first came out, that was sort of my reaction. It's like, okay, they built the knockoff version of Disneyland. <laughs> I suppose they've been slowly upgrading it and making it cooler, but all the upgrades were things I don't really care about, like oh. Cars Land... Well, that, that's what I was going to say. Like the uh, the story with that park is that it was just truly awful when they first opened it, um, but they've they've since kind of overhauled it a few times, and it's supposed to be not terrible anymore. But I've I've never been. I've never been Disneyland, uh, California Adventure, either of them. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I would have to go there and experience what the new version of California Adventure is. But I went several yeah. times when it was in the awful phase. So. <laughs> I, I I guess oh, yeah. oh now you're just making me sad. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Hey, Star Wars Land is opening pretty soon. That's cool, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You guys are getting Star Wars Land uh, earlier than than the East Coast is. I think. I think your yours is opening in like a month or so, like really soon. Oh, actually opened like yesterday. Actually. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I just saw preview pictures of it all over Twitter. Yeah, so it's. I guess yeah. it's, or no, I guess maybe today or yesterday. Whatever, it, it came out yeah. sometime towards the end of May. So it'll be a nightmare yeah. and not worth going to Disneyland for the next <laughs> year. Well, yeah, that's you should start planning your trip for like 2022 or so. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet it's really cool. I, I got really excited. I saw that uh, in addition to being able to build your own lightsaber, which I think might have already been a thing, at least in, in the in Disney World, uh, you can now build your own droids, too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like you can build uh, like R2-D2 units or uh, BB-8 the f from the new movies uh, with all kinds of different customization options. Uh, it's very expensive, but I like the idea. Oh yeah, theme, theme parks are very expensive. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a hundred dollars to build a build a robot. How? Which? How? Yeah, ow. yeah, yeah. I'm never gonna do it, but I'm I'm I like that it exists, mm -hmm. and the rides all look so good. Yeah. The one where you're piloting the Millennium Falcon. Uh, uh. So, um, I guess I'd say Harry Potter World was it was pretty cool. I'm I, I'm glad I yeah. went. I'm probably not going to feel the need to. Uh, check out the Orlando version because yeah. it sounds like it's basically the same thing with just more shops yeah, it's, and a different ride. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely I, I would say like the same ratio of shop to ride. I I think I think the appeal is supposed to be like immersing yourself in the wizarding world and going up and down these familiar locations, these streets that you've read in the books or seen in the movies. 
Oh, here's um, a question. Were there any, like, yeah. Harry Potter characters, like, wandering around? Because there were none. Uh, we had one, there was one person who sort of dressed up like Draco Malfoy, and you could tell, it. you know, he did that on purpose. And some people actually wanted to take their picture with him. He looked nothing like Draco, but he, like, <laughs> dyed his hair. He had, like, those yellow streaks in his hair and combed Wait, did it he back. actually work for the park, or was he just, like, a cosplayer? No, he worked for the park. Think? So this was oh, okay. the person who was on the, the Forbidden Journey ride, one of their yeah. attendants. And it's oh, okay, like, he, okay. he just, you know, sprayed his hair orange and dyed it back, yeah. and people wanted to take pictures with him. I don't think, like, we. they definitely had, like, the conductor of the night bus. I don't think it was supposed to be, like, the same character. For, it wasn't Stan Shunpike. It was just, you know, it a dude. Ernie. Yeah, it was just or Ernie, I'm like sorry. Him. Ernie. Wait, was Ernie... Who was... Was Ernie the head? Ernie's the driver. The driver. Who's the head? The, the head was there. I don't know. It's yeah. Stan and then Ernie, and then the head is just in the movies, so I don't... Oh, yeah. Well, the head was there. I didn't like the head very much. Uh, but it, it was cool. Every, like, I, everyone was, was kind of in character, um... With with my kind of reddish hair, uh, several of the people working there referred to me as Weasley, which I really got a kick out of. I loved that <laughs> a lot. Great. That was really cool. I was like, if I, w- I would love to work there, but I mean, if I would work there, I would try that sort of thing, like try to look like a character. I don't know. I'd grow out my hair and look like Snape. There are no yes. Snape references. It made me very sad. There are like three, oh. three Gilderoy Lockhart references. I'm like, why is there more Lockhart than Snape? Oh. But uh, I think I mentioned there, there was a there was a Doc Brown wandering around. There's like Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> there was Donkey from Shrek. Um, <laughs> yeah, what well, we had we met uh, Lucy from I Love Lucy when we went. Oh, that must have been great. Your red hair would work great with hers. <laughs> yeah, well, it was me and my my mom too, who also has bright red hair. That was fun. <laughs> that was that was a good photo op. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was with the Doc. He told me uh, he asked me where I was from. I said Portland. He said, "Oh, I, I've been there." And then he said, "See you in the future," <laughs> okay. which I thought was a great way for him to, to say goodbye. Oh, that's cool. I don't, I don't, re- I don't think we had Doc Brown. We did him. I think it was either a replica or like the act, one of the actual DeLoreans from the film, and the train too, uh, outside where the ride used to be. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, that we was... had like some of the replica cars from uh, the the Back to the Future movies too. Yeah. Also, when when the Back to the Future ride was there, there used to be uh, Doc Brown's like chicken restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, it was an actual thing, like next door, Doc Brown's chicken. That's funny. <laughs> Simpsons was sort of the same way. Yeah, well, they yeah probably got replaced by what like Moe's Tavern or whatever. Yeah, they've or, got uh, Moe's Tavern and Krusty Burger, but there's a random chicken yeah. place there. I and Bumblebee <laughs> oh, no. has a taco stand, so that explains <laughs> why hilarious. there's a chicken place there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sad. I, I don't know that I ever ever got to go there. Oh. Okay, here it is. It's a Cletus's mm. Chicken Shack. That's uh, <laughs> what it is. Yeah, they definitely just they like painted over Doc Brown's chicken with that. Yep, it's, that's clearly that's clearly what they did. Uh. What I also loved was the um, uh, also on like the Universal website. There's like, oh man, check out these things to do in Harry Potter World, and one of them is it's. A, I think two of them are like food carts. It's mm-hmm. the Magic Neep cart. It's like, okay, you can buy water bottles or little <laughs> tiny sandwiches. I'm like, 
That's a food cart. <laughs> Just like in Harry Potter. It's an open air uh, food cart. Uh, um, well, did you guys eat at like uh, the Three Broomsticks or whatever Harry Potter restaurant? Yeah, that was yeah, there? the Three Broomsticks yeah. who went there. Yeah. I like the the steak. It's actually pretty amazing. Yeah, I never get British pub fare. Um, I don't think there are any British pubs near me, but um, the food was okay. I, I had fire whiskey too. That was uh, Whoa, the hot cool. set was in the back part of the three broomsticks rather than being like a separate building. So I, I just went to the bar and got fire whiskey. And um, I don't know, it's a tiny amount. Um, it's a lot for a tiny amount, but that's par for the course when it comes to alcohol, I suppose. <laughs> it tasted just like yeah. any other whiskey to me. I can't tell the difference. I think they probably put cinnamon or something in there to make it spicy or fire whiskey. Uh yeah, we we. I mean, I got what did I got the um, the fish and chips with a pumpkin juice. That was pretty good. Yeah. So uh, I, we need somebody who actually knows enough about alcohol to tell the difference oh, between yeah. whiskey and fire whiskey. All right. But here's the important question, though. Did you try any of the butter beer? I did try the butter beer. I liked it. Um, yeah. It, yeah. It's very caramelly. I think is what they did to make it smooth. Yeah. Maybe butterscotch. It tasted yummy. I liked it. I didn't really think that the variations, uh, the warm butter beer or the the ice butter beer. I think the ice butter beer was actually kind of better. Oh, really? Because the warm butter beer was just like, well, we're in California. <laughs> Everything's warm. Oh, just, yeah. Just sure. leave it out on the. Uh, just have <laughs> it in your hand for a couple of minutes, and then it's it's warm. <laughs> Okay, so podcasting about games. I think we totally forgot. I totally forgot to talk about yeah. One Minute Mysteries. Yeah. So I submitted yeah. it this month. So that was oh, that did? was one of the projects cool. I did this month. I was like something else, which just took forever for the first week working overtime to try to finish the game and getting it ready to send into the publishers. So I, I emailed them like three weeks later. Um, so that would have been like just, you know, this week. And they said, sorry, we didn't actually get it. There were problems with the submission system. Oh. <laughs> so it, that that's that's the update on that. <laughs> and this, this, was a, this was a hosted games game? Mm-hmm. Cool. So something, something mm. weird happened on their submission and um, with their email server and they didn't actually uh, re- receive it. So they said they'll add it to the production list and and, and start reviewing it. Um, I'm guessing that means they like it. Maybe they know me because I did the the other game for them, the Pride and right. Prejudice one. So I maybe that means they like me. <laughs> I'm gonna take that as a positive. Yeah. But um, initially, when I tried to submit it to them, it it wouldn't work. I I kept pressing the submit button, and um, it it wouldn't like send. So uh, I eventually had to email them, and they said, oh, the submission form isn't working. It should be working now. Firefox did this update. So this is like submission problems upon submission problems. I just picked yeah. the worst time to submit. So Because with their submission form, it's just like, you know, applying for Starbucks or any other place where you apply to online, where it takes you like 10, 20 minutes just to fill out this bloody form. And so it was not fun having to resubmit that form over and over again because it asks you like you know thirty questions and a lot a lot of the things are just um, writing advertising for the game I guess yeah. 
It's like, okay, uh, what would be a good headline? Okay, great, give me 30 more. Like, okay, and well, what's the description for the game? What's the full description? What's the App Store description? What's the Google Store description? Uh, those sorts of things. Uh, that's all the worst part of game development, though. Yeah, and they make you do it when you submit your oh. game. It's like, and then they made you make. Did they make you make uh, sixteen different logos with fifteen different sizes? Yep, too? yep, yep. No, no, I was joking. They did. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I paid somebody oh. to do that for me. The same person who did the logo for the Pride and Prejudice game. So well, well, I'm glad to hear that. That's. Somewhere in their production pipeline, though, maybe we'll be hearing about how uh, how well it's doing next month. Yeah, ne- you know, next month I'll probably talk more about the process of actually, yeah. um, you know, bringing the game up to speed and working with the testers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was, I mean, that was a whole thing that took took me a while. So that's basically what I was trying to work on and the programming and such. Oh my gosh! Everything was just crashing and crashing and crashing. Uh, it made me very sad. Wow, you you did have a rough month. Jeez, <laughs> it's it's I guess okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm checking the list of hosted game releases. Oh, I thought the me- somebody did the the saga of Oedipix Rex, which I'm looking forward to. It sounds like it's sort of the same thing I did with Pride and Prejudice, where they just you know play through the classic um, trilogy, and you've got uh, six or so different endings. So that's cool. I I actually tried to look in to see what games... It's like, is there another book that's being released that I could, like, maybe make into a game and, you know, be the first one to jump on board that that boat and get the money? But um, I think this year, the big one was that Agatha Christie book, um, The Murder of Roger Ackroyd. And it's the Agatha Christie publishers don't like me already, so I. Oh, what did you do? To, what did you do to anger Agatha Christie? So I did a video <laughs> walkthrough for Agatha Christie Murder on the Orient Express, which is a video game, and the right. book publishers copyright striked me on uh, uh. on on YouTube for playing a game based off the book. And they're like, "Wait, we own this material." Mm. And so it's like, yeah, even though the, the Mark Roger Ackroyd book would be like a cool game, um, I can't do it. it it's, I don't, I don't want to get into that trouble, even though it's public domain. So next year, the only public domain book that's coming public domain, which I kind of liked, was Boxcar Children. I rec- that's going to be in the public domain? So here's the thing. Um, they totally, uh. she rewrote the book, like, 12, 20 years later, and that's the version everybody knows. Okay. Nobody reads the original version. They have different names um, and, and everything. So, like, Jesse is Jessica. Their last name is Forsyth or something. It's basically the same book, but it's it's different enough that I, I don't really want to mess with that, if, if it makes sense. Because I would have to do... I, if I made a game off the book, it would have to be the original version of the book and not the one everybody knows. Right. And you still risk uh, their, the estate coming after you anyway. I'm not sure if the estate would come after me because she, no. um, she doesn't have an estate, if that makes sense. 
That's the reason they're still making boxcar children books. That's what I was going to say, since, but, but since they're still making new books based on the series, that might someone there might get mad at you for making a game based on the original novel. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems risky. We'll, uh, we'll have to ask Diana. She's a lawyer, isn't she? Yeah, we'll have to ask her. But hey, cause I don't, <laughs> what kind of game could we make off the boxcar children anyway? <laughs> Boxcar children dating sim. No, no. <laughs> well, no, they wouldn't be dating each other. There has to be other people. <laughs> should we? Uh, should we do a listener question? Yeah, let's do our listener question. All right, this question comes to us from Eight Bit Beep Boop, uh, and they want to know how different would you say some of your published games are compared with the original concepts you had when you started developing them? Okay, so Mermaid Mission Titanic completely changed genres. Um, really? It was originally supposed to be a romance, because I wrote that for... Um, I, I pitched it to Heart's Choice, so they wanted romance games. So it was originally supposed to be a romance with a little bit of warfare, and that's just, like, not in the game at all. Yeah, there's... I mean, she's in the military still, but um, it's not really war-heavy. There's no fighting or anything, and obviously it's not a romance. So, did any of our other games change genres? Yeah, I was I was trying to think, actually. Um, I think Awkward Steve actually went through a different, a few different ideas before I, I sort of settled on what it was going to be. Um, I think it was originally going to be kind of a stealth adventure game, where you're just kind of sort of, you know, hiding in your house trying to avoid the person at the front door, uh, which I guess is sort of how it turned out anyway, but uh, I don't think it was originally going to be FMV. Uh, not until I realized that I could do FMV through RenPy anyway. And Internet Court was always going to be Internet stuff, and Cat President was always going to be, like, jokey cat politics thing. So I think the others were pretty much stayed stayed the course the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we're we're both pretty good at this point at... We, we know what we're able to do, so we're able to sort of plan out a scope and, and design for our games that is, that is very realistic for us. So that as, as long as we like the original idea, there, there usually isn't a reason to change it too much through the development process. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, how about, um, how about this question from Alicia V. Parker? Uh, she asked, who introduced you to gaming? I guess it'd have to be... Um... I remember there were two different those stand arcade thingies. So my doctor's office had one called Tubin, um, but they disabled the fact that you had to put in quarters, so it's basically just free to play the entire time, and it was great. Kids kids loved it. So that was the uh, the pediatrician. So I mean, instead of waiting in the doctor's office, you would just play um, an old video game. And then there was also one at uh, a soda shop. So there's also an arcade game at a soda shop. So those are the ones I knew as a kid. My my dentist's office did that with Double Dragon. Same thing. It's the nice. only way I could ever have beaten that game is if it was on free mode. Um, so I guess for me, I, I it was my family that introduced me to games. Um, we uh, basically uh, uh, an original NES, uh, a Nintendo basically always existed in my house when I was growing up. It was just it was just there. Um, so we played a lot of uh, Super Mario Brothers is the game I remember the most, um, playing it a lot with my dad. And by playing it, I mean that I would specifically ask uh, him to play it for me, 
because it was too hard. Everything moved too fast, and I died all the time. So I would I would ask, Daddy, will you play for me? And and I would sit and watch him play Super Mario Brothers. Okay. Yeah, I forget when our family got the NES. I inherited it from uh, another family member, I suppose. They were they moved on to the Super Nintendo because they were <laughs> super cool. I imagine. What uh, what games did you have for the NES growing up? Do you remember? Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trilogy, the Mario Brothers trilogy. Um, yeah. MC Kids, uh, Mickey Mouse Capades. You wrote a FAQ for MC Kids, didn't you, or something? Yeah, I did. Yeah, because because yeah. I had it, so I played it. <laughs> what do you think? Should we do one more, or should we close out? Uh, we close out. Yeah. <laughs> Work on my review for um, uh, the Cursed Child. It's so easy to write, though. I mean, it's so easy writing a, a review for it because nothing happens story-wise. <laughs> That's kind of a uh, mean well, thing to say, but all these scenes just keep playing into each other. It's like, yeah. Well, the, the thing people say about it, too, is that it's better as a play than, than reading it. So I would be interested in seeing the play version, but... Like there are just certain plot things that bother me so much that I I don't I I don't see how they wouldn't bother me if they were being acted out. Yeah, I really like the uh, idea of going to alternate universes, but don't really yeah. play around with it. It's more like, uh oh, we're trapped in an alternate universe. Let's just live here in this alternate universe for three <laughs> weeks and then try to go away. Oh. But of course it would be super boring and we wouldn't get to see the alternate universe if they, yeah. if they had decided to, you know, immediately change and, and yeah, but I don't know. I read plenty of Harry Potter What If fanfics or AU fanfics. I've read enough of those which have been better and more interesting than Harry is slightly meaner in this 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 version. I feel like uh, Game Cola should do the Cursed Child for Hacks and Slash sometime. That would be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think that about does it for this month's episode. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen, and Michael is at Argelfumpf, spelled exactly as it sounds. You can check out all of our games on Steam or itch.io, or just visit orock.com for the complete library, our theme song, is Dead Monster by March of the Danger Men. You can check them out on SoundCloud. Uh, And like I started talking about a little earlier, uh, I'm going to be showing off some games at at Conklin Con this year, July 13th in Conklin, New York. So if you're in the area, please come say hi. And finally, if you have any questions about game development or our games specifically, we would love to hear them. Email them to podcast at oarock.com. Anything you'd like to add? Sorry we weren't able to answer your questions so much this month because we got <laughs> off topic with Harry Potter. Yeah, I, 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 we actually did get some through email this month, too. Oh, we're uh, so terrible. To- oh, no. Uh, maybe next month we just do all questions. Yeah, yeah. Just do the questions first next month. I actually even have a backlog of questions that people asked on Twitter that we didn't get to before. <laughs> I have six questions there, plus a few left over from this month now. Yeah, maybe Oops. maybe next month we'll, we'll just do a uh, reach into the grab bag and just yeah. answer questions. That sounds like a good idea. All right, yeah. Um, I already did my thing. Okay, goodbye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>
So that's sad. <laughs> I just the article I'm looking at uh, it, it, it shows uh, links to other stories about Harry Potter, and one of them is priests torch sacrilegious Harry Potter books in Poland. <laughs> oh 